I have always been attracted to really smart people. When I was in college, I had a crush on this physics guy and was indoctrinated into a whole new world of understanding. You know, it was from him that I learned what fractals were. And that was a really fun party we went to. Um, Those people who can understand the sciences so in depth and then apply them to daily life, you know, they are super intriguing to me. My love affair with brilliance continues through adulthood. And today I'm bringing on one of the brightest. She studied neurology, yoga, and the law. You know, we've all got these amazing past lives. And it has brought her to creating her own theories on self-care and how it strengthens our core being. She creates and serves with a big dose of woo and energy and has a killer t-shirt collection. I mean, really, when you go check her out on Instagram and you're going to see her shirts and be like, yes, that t-shirt. Joining me today is Kelly Newsom-Georges, the creator of Ritual Care. She advocates and teaches self-care for women, mamas in particular, in a conscious, non-cliche way. I mean, there are no bubble baths here, unless, of course, that's what you want to do. It's the perfect time of year to set the tone for our self-care. And today we talk a lot about self-care helping with your creative endeavors. And as business owners, we are always creating. And when I reached out to Kelly to be a guest, her reply was, get out in all caps, because she had it on her schedule to reach out to me as well. You know, this, folks, is the universe continually working for us. That energy is there and it is strong. And it's there for women supporting women. So I'm so glad you're here today for an amazing conversation. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game is my approach to business. The actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. And hello and welcome to today's episode. I am here with one of my favorite people, Kelly Newsom Georges, founder of Ritual Care and creator of Core Care. And we go way back. I'm so excited to have her here today. And we literally were talking and said in our pre-conversation, and we said, we just got to hit record because we're going right into it now. So here we are, we're primed and ready, and we're just going to hop in. And we're actually going to continue the conversation we were having. You know, with the onset of the new year, and we're all in goal-setting mode, but we're still in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. So there's a lot of pressure on women business owners and mama business owners. Kelly, share with us how your care helps you not only increase your output and productivity, but like how we can think about these concepts differently. Okay. The way that I like to think about care is very differently than most of the world is going to tell you to think about it, right? So 99% of the world tells you that it's a bubble bath. It tells you that you need to get your mani-pedi or, right? right? You know, my whole thing (laughs) is like the bubble bath self-care, the bubble bath cliche cliche. (laughs) And you also know, because you know me well enough that I love a good sea salt bath. But the idea that it's this one thing 
is absolutely one of the things that I try to change in my work. We can start to think about care uh, in terms of just a much bigger umbrella, much bigger definition than we've thought of it before. That, you know, I like to say that care rituals are healthy habits that are done consciously. And when you learn kind of the right things to do, you are restoring yourself, you're replenishing yourself, you're actually giving yourself energy. Sometimes we think of it as just something to help you calm down, but it it can like really juice you up. And in this way, you actually can have a much bigger output, much more productivity than you thought you might normally have. If you're, for example, running on empty, or if you're just trying to use fear to pressure yourself into getting something done, right? And sometimes that's what mm, we do, yes. is we use this like, I do that sometimes with the deadline, right? I'm a, the deadline. I'm a deadline. I gotta get this done. I gotta get this done. <laughs> and, and sometimes that, but, but, but it's subtle. It depends on the person. Like sometimes that can actually be energizing. Some people love that, but I always have clients like really think about what are you actually using as motivation for it? And when mm-hmm. you take care in the right ways, you are giving yourself this source of energy that you can dip into. Sometimes I call it an emotional resilience account. You know, you're able to go kind of for a longer stretch because you're constantly making these little deposits in your account that you can withdraw from whenever you want. Right. Now with everything still going on in the world, like, you know, we were just talking about the idea of really giving into it fully to a certain extent so that you can then come out of it. And so can you talk a little bit about that concept of recognition? The way I think of it, and this is probably the the real crux of most of what I teach, is this idea of contrast and how contrast is present all the time, every day. It's never going away. This, you know, there is happy, there is sad, there's good, there's mm-hmm. bad. I was a yoga teacher a million years ago. There's up, there's down. There are power poses and then mm-hmm. there are relaxation poses. There's awake and there's asleep. There's joy and there's pain. There's always these ideas of contrast. That's kind of how I think about rest and it's how I think about productivity. We have to really have both. We were also talking before we hit record about words of the year. And I don't really do this that much. But this year, my planner asked me and I thought, okay, I'll play. I actually kind of cheated. And I just chose my favorite <laughs> word of all time anyway, which is surrender. And so those people oh, who know me really well know that I've actually had this word tattooed on my foot for almost 20 years now. And I got it tattooed on my foot for two reasons. One of them was I couldn't surrender for shit. I I was terrible at it. I couldn't let anything go. So I wanted a reminder. And the second reason was because I would sit in quote unquote meditation, which I hated because I couldn't let anything go. (laughs) And I was like, I'm like, well, I'm looking down at my feet anyway. Might as well put it there. I think about like this idea of surrendering to so many things. And when you're able to really let go and to surrender into something, then you're able to come back with so much more force later. And it's hard for us to trust this because what we're mm-hmm. taught is you got to push, you got to push, you got to push, you got to go harder, you got to harder. And you do want to work. But you also, mm-hmm. particularly important for women, it's also important to know, to really sense, when is it time for me to rest? Because even if you look at nature, there's no kind of growth without restoration. You know, you can't mm-hmm. force everything. You can't force grass to go faster every moment of the day. And so I think it's really important for us to notice when are our rest cycles and when are our work cycles. And your rest cycle might be shorter than somebody else's, it might be equal, it might be longer. Um, but I think it's important to notice when that is. I just had a client recently who was going through, she went through a big rest cycle this year. And she was kind of like, oh, I just, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. But you know, I've had my best like year ever and I've sold more than ever, but, but I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. 
And I was like, that's called the hibernation period. That's the rest period. And this is incredibly vital for creators. Anybody who's creating anything, which I think is kind of all of us to some extent. Right, right, right. Totally in this process but- has to have rest cycles and it has to have work cycles. You know, you just have to do both. So it ha- you, this idea of contrast is really, really important. And that's what care can help you do. And I love that concept that you brought up of it can be a whole year. I mean, there isn't a time frame on this because we literally think, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit down for, I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to sleep tonight for my four hours and that's my rest. Mm -hmm. But you can be in a rest period. I really love that concept because I think we then interpret it as a funk or Mm -hmm. then demonize that restorative activity. Like we say, it's bad rather than look at it in a positive and say, I had a downtime and it was restorative. We're putting it in a negative light by calling it a flump or a funk or all these different words. So we don't honor it. We don't honor it. We don't trust it. We're not trusting ourselves. That actually just puts that little voice in the back of your head that I'm doing something wrong. I should be doing something else other Mm -hmm. than doing. And when you've got that little voice in your head, you're not resting. You're just no, totally doing. So the way I like to think about, I, there's an analogy and I forget who came up with this, but it's so brilliant. And it's this analogy of creativity. And I think of care this way too, being like a turtle in the middle of a room. And most people have no, no <laughs> don't know this, but I actually used to have a little tortoise, like I had an African land tortoise one point in my life as an adult. And I remember I would take this little guy out and put him in the middle of the room and he would be in his shell. I mean, there'd be nothing, just a shell for like mm-hmm. an hour. But after the hour, kind of poke and we'll see a little nose and maybe you see a hand and then or whatever they're called, you know. And you start to see these limbs and then all of a sudden everything kind of comes out and he starts walking around. And if there's a oh, he's right back in. If there's a noise, if he's there's back in. right back in the shell. But once you give it time to just breathe without criticism, without judgment, without I should be doing something else or I this should be going faster all the should, 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 when you can really rest in, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. In fact, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, nothing is really, really something. And in fact, maybe it's the something that I could be trying that would make my outcome different than what it's always been. This is a completely principle with self-care, with the right care, the right care ritual. One of my favorite care rituals is actually to sit right at this desk where I am and just to stare out the window. And I schedule this time in my week and it's just thinking time. And I just let us stare and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It took me so long. You've known me for a long time. This took me a long time to start doing mm-hmm. because oh, I could be, I could be planning. I could be, I could be writing. I, right, could be right, writing. Writing. I could be recording. I could be, you could be, or you could be giving yourself time to be in that kind of quiet room before the ideas like that turtle start to come out. Your creativity mm-hmm. needs space. Gosh, when you that I used to do that so much more mm. in my past life, like before I was married and moved yeah. to the city and right. became a mom and all these things. Like it just dawned on me right now. Like there was a lot of I think back to this apartment I used to live in and just meandering around my room. There was a lot of yeah. just meandering around my room. It was one room and I was over here sitting there doing nothing like. That doing nothing, you know, you've really brought me back to that. I've started now time blocking to do certain Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's something I I need to 
make sure I'm blocking out a chunk for nothing as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful ritual to not give yourself an agenda and to see where you're led. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, it's a good ritual to have. And my, my boss, when I was a lawyer, another lifetime ago, I remember another my boss. Lifetime ago, right. Yeah, I, I would, and he was so brilliant. You know, I would go in his office. What are you doing? He's like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about something. I'm like, can you bill for that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm coming up. Yeah, with exactly. And it reminds me also of when people say like, I just have the best ideas in the shower. Well, why might that mm-hmm. be? Right, right, right. right. You're, right. We're, we're free. You're shifting your focus. And even, I won't go too far and nerd out too far into this, but even when you think about the way that the brain works, our ability to creatively solve problems, different parts of our brains actually light up on MRI scans when we are feeling positive, when we are doing things that help us relax. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, the, those parts of our brains are shut down. One of the ways to actually get your brain to work better is to find ways to restore and relax and replenish. And for mm-hmm. me, finding the care ritual that's right for you is a really great way of doing that. I'm a walker. That's yeah. my that's relax. And the best ideas. Those are my shower ideas when I'm walking the dog. And mm-hmm. I let that free flow. But I feel like it's that same idea of movement and calm. And I've got my AirPods in and there's nothing else. It's just whatever I have in my thought. Yeah. Totally. And you know, I love that idea too because... Like you said, we're always creating. There's something that we're doing, we're working on. And that concept of creating while we have other things going on, there's always something else going on. Like in my case, I want to create, but I have client work. And I feel like it's always, I've got to keep the plate spinning atop the sticks, but also have creation time as well. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how do you care for yourself to have that creation time and to be able to feed that fire? Well, that's one of the reasons why I focus on ritual as opposed to just kind of popping up with different self-care activities all the time. I think it's really important to know what your self-care mm-hmm. style is. I actually have a quiz called self, you know, find out your self-care style to know like what self-care kind of personality do I have? Because the right, the one thing doesn't fit everybody, right? There's no one size fits all strategy. Making it a ritual is essentially, like I said, it's, I think of them as healthy habits unconsciously. You want to make something a little bit more habitual. You want it to take up less brain power, but you also want to be conscious about it. Mm-hmm. So having like a great, like a list of things that you love is a really good thing. I encourage my clients to all make a bliss list, which sounds fancier than it is. It's literally it could be a post-it. It's just some piece of paper where you write mm-hmm. down things you really love to do and that help you feel the way that you want to feel and that help you get back to your center. I use the word alignment a lot, you know, essentially care, which was help you get mm-hmm. aligned. One of the answers to, I've got all these plates spinning and everything's going and how do I find time to create something for myself? You have that list. You literally sit down and have a creation period of of making those ideas and then you can refer back to them really easily and quickly. So it takes the brain power out of it. It's a little bit like, you know, that dilemma (laughs) of what do we eat? (laughs) What do we have for dinner? (laughs) That old old thing, right? Everybody needs to be fed. Everybody needs to be fed. But if you have like, you every uh, day, <laughs> I know all the time. What is it with the food thing? <laughs> Sometimes I'll even have some of my clients who are struggling with this make a go to meals list. And, and mm-hmm. it's the difference this makes, it can just, it's like a list of 10 things that have, you know, require ingredients that you always have on hand that just takes the brain power out of having to figure out what to do. And it's so much easier when someone tells you what to do. And so you're essentially taking a little bit of prep time to tell yourself things that might be really helpful for you. That said, I also think it's really important to remember that your care, and that I said this earlier, can be so many different things. I have a mm-hmm. number of 
core tenets or pillars of care that I talk about. But this one, the one that this reminds me of is the fact that care should be conscious and not cliche. And that means we don't just rub to when, mm-hmm. oh, I have to do a bubble bath and who has time for that? I mean, it, it can mm-hmm. be so many other things. You know, it can be like whatever face wash you use, or it can be the, you know, the five minutes of breathing. It can be the two minutes of conscious mantra repetition, which I love. I'm a big fan of that. Especially if you have kids in the house, small kids in the house, you got to get creative with how you take care of yourself. And shit, if taking care of yourself was only about like going to get a, a massage, this would not be happening. Like, especially right now. I've actually this year, lots of other things. I have my kids doing that. Yeah. Right. I have, I've taken that to my kids. They yeah. do a mantra. Oh, good. Where okay. they can do anything they set their mind to. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of bring that over. And it's an invocation when we're upset. There's overwhelm. I'm like, okay. It's mind let's training. Slow it down. What do we always say? Yeah. Yeah, it's mind training. And um, get really scared of it. They get like the mantra. It seems like such a crazy word. It's fascinating to me because all we're doing is training your mind to think something other than what you've already trained your mind to think. So it's like, uh-huh. like changing your story. You know, you're changing your storyline, which or changing your course. Like I always say, what's your storyline? You're repeating the same storyline. Mm-hmm. There's research that indicates that an emotion can't stay in the human body for longer than somewhere between 60 and 90 seconds. Yeah. And we think, well, how could I feel crappy all day? Well, because you're like only listening to Fiona Apple, like then you're going to be angry. Like you're, you know, you're, if you're listening to like a <laughs> song, which I love, by the way, on repeat, if you're listening yes, to I'm with you on that over and over and over again, it's going to influence your mood. It's going to make you feel differently than if you're like jamming out to Stevie Wonder, like it's going to have a different effect. So I think kind of noticing that, what is the storyline? What is the the mantra in my head? And oh, that is taking care of myself. It really is. And that's one of the things in my work that that I try to press and, and really empower mothers with knowing is don't buy the story or the idea that you see that I'm seeing all the time in vlogs, which is showering isn't self-care and self-care doesn't work. And it's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. Everything that you do that helps you feel better counts. Everything. Right, right. I had a mom the other day. She's like, I cleaned my house and it felt good. Is that? Oh my gosh. That's and I was like, totally. Yes. I can't tell you how many mothers have said, don't tell anyone, especially my family, but I actually like cleaning. Everything's different for everybody. Well, it's cleaning on your terms. It's on your cleaning terms. on your terms. Exactly right. Right. <laughs> exactly right. You can decide. Yeah, that's right. It's not cleaning <laughs> all the time. It's you a know. mess of someone else's. It's cleaning on your that's own right. terms. Totally. Right. And It goes to that idea, too, that it doesn't happen all in one day. Changing your story is an evolution. It's a process. You have a starting point and you're on that journey as well. You know, and that's a lot of what we also talk about in, you know, I talk with a lot of my clients about having that notion that this is a process to get started on things. And and one of the... Yeah, yeah, it should be, right? Oh my gosh, completely. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes me think about, you know, and, and we touched on this in our pre-conversation where when I went back, I look at your website, your aesthetic, it makes me, I, I love this piece of your aesthetic because this is part of your creation and you've taken a journey honing your aesthetic to where now you've really nailed it. Like, you know, you go to your site and you're enveloped in a mood and calm and love for family and all of these emotions, but I've known you a long time. It's been this process. And that's one thing I always try and encourage people, like pick a starting point and go with it. Your website is malleable. You know, you're going, you know, and, and only by going, taking that first step and being in the process, 
can you see? People think I picked gold. It's I'm stuck with that. No, you can change that. You need gold as your starting point. It's just like everything else. And you know that inspiration. I love this story. I'm going to remind you of it. Is that when we were first talking many years ago, you shared with me your colors, and they came from colors, yeah. nail polish. Yeah, the nail polish yeah. inspiration, the beige, the sand, yes. the burnt rust color, and some of those they still carry over today. But that inspiration can come from anywhere because, right? And I think that's an important piece in all of this, because it's that understanding the process and your aesthetic is your process. Your business is a process. Creating courses and creation, creative time is a process. It's all a process that we're in and that inspiration can come and then things are malleable. So you're not just stuck. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a very big care principle is that things change. I always say one of the Mm. hidden hidden secrets of self-care is that it's supposed to evolve. It's supposed to change. So if you're trying to do the very same thing that you did before you had your two kids or before you, and it's not working anymore, of course it's not. It's not supposed to. Your life is different. Your care is supposed to match that life. And that's the same thing with the creative process. One of the biggest things, and I know you see this all the time that holds people back is I got to stay stuck. I got to stay with gold. And you may have that core Mm -hmm. foundation of things, but then you, you pepper things in, you try different things out. You know, and the ability to give yourself a soft place when you to try something else, that's care. The mm-hmm. process of creation, that can be care, right? Oh my gosh, I love that. It's just, and the, again, just like the cleaning secret that some moms tell me, one of my girlfriends, what we were kind of jamming on this about work and how, you know, you leave me alone with a laptop for four hours by myself. Oof, thank you. I'm in heaven. It, working on something that I get to create. I think of that as mm-hmm. care. Especially if you like, I know that this happened to us where, you know, this year you all of a sudden your kids aren't in school anymore and they're there with you all the time. And then it's like, now my time, I'm trying to work in 15 minute chunks or whatever it is. And you start to realize creating my stuff, my art, my craft, that Mm -hmm. is my care. That is how I feel really, really good. My husband and I have this talk all the time because he will sit and watch a dumb movie on Netflix real quick. And he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. And it could be because during the day, he's so intense in numbers and all kinds of other very heavy duty intellectual material. But for me, I will sit there with him with my headphones and my laptop, like and getting really deep into mm-hmm. something that makes me feel really good. You know, my care looks different than his looks. And it is all a process and it, it does evolve over time. Um, so I think that's something that another, you know, people who are, who are creating or who are working and they say, how do I take care of myself? Sometimes your work is that you just might need to tweak it a little bit mm-hmm. in order to have it feel like the care that it truly is. Well, I had a conversation with a girlfriend um, uh, last week or the week before, and we had we caught up. She's a female entrepreneur friend, so we were having a Zoom call catch up. And I was saying that I don't really have any hobbies now. My mm-hmm. hobby is my work. Like I enjoy that. Like, okay. and I'm not mad at it. Like, right. it's what feeds me. When I get together with friends, I can talk about other things, but that is, I'm not spending money on dance classes for myself. Or I feel like it's okay. Like some people say, well, there's no other separation, but I find learning about strategies or spending an hour just cruising the internet wherever I go. And I'm like, wow, that sparked ideas. Like Mm -hmm. to me, that is rejuvenating. You know, I find the one 
piece that overflows is getting my family to understand that because the joy also comes from the work and being at the laptop. So they don't know the separation of mom's working, mom's off. You know what I mean? Because it all looks the same to them. That's one thing in my personal family that we're trying to deal with. There are times where mom's like, I'm working. So that's that. But when fun also looks like work to them, they can't discern. (laughs) But it's okay for me. Like that is the part I enjoy. And I find that when I try and sit down with the family and just watch a movie, I'm like, mm, no, I'm not. I'm just not into it. Like, I'd rather have the laptop on my lap and be yeah. like, I'm here together and right. I'm with you. But right. yeah, we we all have our we all have our different ways. And like we were saying before, you know, there are cycles of this. So just like there are work and rest cycles. If you're in the middle of a really juicy creative project, it is hard to put that sucker down. Like you want to type away. And then there are other times where you're like, I can't even be bothered. I don't even want to look at this computer. I need a break from this. I really want a movie with my kids. I want to zone out and watch whatever cartoon, you know, and then you close it. And really taking true care of yourself is knowing which cycle, which stage am I in right now? And can I let myself be there? Can I trust what my body is telling me? You know, we trust our bodies so little and it gives us signals all all the time. And when you can really notice, oh, I think that I'm super tired or I think that I'm, you know, feeling really energized, right? Notice the reaction when you start something. Do I really want to do this? You know, do I not want to do it? See if you can follow that path. Still file your taxes, right? But right, right, right. But, <laughs> but notice, notice day to day. Am I constantly choosing the path that sucks? Am I constantly choosing the mm-hmm. path that makes me feel better? And can I can I tap into that and go in the direction of what feels good most of the time? Because that, again, are those little daily deposits. Those are ways you can take care of yourself throughout the day that don't, you know, require potions or serums or anything like that. And they build up that resilience account so that you have a stronger core. And that's like another principle that I teach is that care builds your core. We're not just talking about relief here, mm-hmm. good, but we're talking about resilience. And I know this is something that you've dug into in other episodes. We're talking about building your core. We're talking about resilience. This is why like my self-care school is called Core Care. Because the whole idea is, can I have this foundation? Can I have this core? I think of it as like the core of a tree. I use that analogy a lot of Mm self-care tree. It keeps me steady when the winds really start a-blowing. You know, when there's a storm, Mm -hmm. like, am I going to get blown over? Am I going to be able to withstand this? And I've seen that a lot this year with the pandemic. The women who I work with who have those rituals in place that build their core, they're able to withstand the suck like the suckiness of some of the things that have happened. Mm-hmm, and, really mm-hmm. about it differently. and the ones who haven't get blown over right away. And that doesn't mean we don't all get blown over sometimes. We do. We're all human. Right, right, right. But who can withstand it for a kind of a longer period of time and understand the process of this is a cycle. This maybe is a rest mm-hmm, cycle right mm-hmm. now. It's all about tapping into what it is that you need and deciding how can I move forward with this in a way that really supports my life. This conversation, I so needed it right now. It's because it doesn't mean, I love that step towards what's good for you. It doesn't mean everything. Like I'm such a finite person in some ways that I'm like, nope, this isn't good. But it can be a step towards better decisions every day. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing type of thing. And that is such a good reminder that we are working toward the way we want to be. We're working toward the way we want to feel. 
we're working towards the, the betterment of ourselves through that. And I do always love that core analogy because you are able to withstand some. And that doesn't mean that it all goes away because you've done this work. That is an important piece because the things always come. They always come. And they come sometimes unexpected from unexpected places and unexpected people. We're like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. And, you know, but poor gives you the ability to deal with the suck, as you say. Yeah, it does. And remembering that it's it's a continuous process. It's not like it's just done. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. I want it to be done. You know, I just wrote a newsletter on this about how we think we just want the list to completely go away. We always, oh, I just wish I could get through this list. But more stuff comes. If you're alive, mm-hmm. if you have an abundant, blessed, wonderful life, which if you're listening to this, you probably do, mm-hmm. more stuff comes. It just does. It's yeah. like if you had a, let's say a really big table spread, and just every kind of favorite food you could imagine, would you want somebody to say, eat it all right now? Or would you want to have, you can choose one dish today and one dish tomorrow and one dish the next day. And what day. Mm-hmm. you do, you know, and I say this to my clients, like you do kind of have to eat again, no matter how good that meal was at some point, right. <laughs> thing, as we agreed on, right. you will have to eat at some point again and thinking I need to have it all done right now. And it all needs to be finished. And it has to come immediately is just like saying, I want to eat everything that I've ever wanted to eat right now. And then after I'm finally done. Right. And what's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. Where's the joy in that? Where's the joy in it? And we forget because we're so focused on that goal that there really is joy in the getting there and that we wouldn't want it anyway. Mm-hmm. You have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And for many of us who are listening, it's that the ideas keep coming. So right, that's you know, exactly it. it. <laughs> they never stop. You know, so they're they never stop. And they come more and so more, that's more why the list. <laughs> right. The, the more you cross off, they just filter right. up because you're like, oh, things are linked. You know, you finish one thing and it links to another idea or another connection that you have. You know, and, and I like to say that because I find that the majority of the people I work with and the type of people who listen in the audience. Like we're living our passion. We're doing what drives us the same as I don't have a hobby. This is my work and what I do. That is the same piece because even when you're doing something else, it sparks an idea. It's the nail polish. The inspiration is everywhere. So ideas, when you're passionate about something, the ideas come from these different places. And because you're out experiencing the world, you're constantly being replenished with ideas or serviced with new connections and new ideas. Well, it's energy. It's the way that energy works. Yeah. I, I use this, I use analogy, you know, all the time. My husband says I have an analogy for the day. I should like do a calendar. So my, <laughs> one of my favorite energy analogies is like, it's like a boomerang. It's what, you know, what you're getting out is what you're getting back. And it also has, it has the capacity to be like a snowball too. So if you are using if your energy is down that kind of creative path and you know, you're starting with idea A and then B and then C, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and it'll go down that path. Mm-hmm. If you never start or if you have you know, the mindset of this is work or I just get caught up with little things or this isn't really what I want and I'm not there yet and it's not happening fast enough, that's going to snowball too. And you will end up feeling that mm-hmm. More, mm-hmm. And more and more and more. You're going to get there. It's a matter of like, how do I feel along the way? And don't you want to feel good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that a much better yeah. option? And just that simple kind of tr- mind training of noticing where's my energy right now? If it's not where I want it to be, what thoughts am I thinking? 
because your energy and your feelings are always related to your thoughts every single time. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Then, and I shift this a little bit. Can I tweak it a little bit to make it more authentic, to bring you more into alignment with who I truly am? Because that's one of the most powerful care practices you can ever have. And that affects your creativity and your productivity, all your output, because you're sort of like opening the door. You're opening the channel for all that good stuff to rush in. Versus the other way is kind of closing the doors. And you can feel it. You can feel right. it when you start to come up with a really yeah. good flow. It's expansive. You want to kind of open your arms mm-hmm. to that universal victory symbol with your hands mm-hmm. up when you feel blocked, you know, when you have writer's block, when you tell yourself it's not happening, I'm not getting there. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. What happens to your shoulders? Even mm-hmm. just listen to those words, they contract. Mm-hmm. They you come know? in, right, and, right, right. And, and that's biologically, that's because you're actually protecting all these sensitive organs, your heart, your lungs, your belly. So your body physically kind of contracts in to protect yourself. Versus when you're feeling confident and in alignment, you are out there, your chest is up, you're open. You know, it's, it's a totally different posture that reflects how do I feel about the, myself and how do I feel about the world? Mm-hmm. Tell us about the other three pillars of core care, the other care mm-hmm. pillars, because I love the, the care builds your core, but mm-hmm. I want to share the other ones because there's so many good lessons in there. Yeah. So the first one, well, and there's really no order to them, but I I tend to say them in a particular Mm -hmm. first one is that care is conscious, but not cliche. And that's kind of what we talked about way in the beginning where it doesn't have to be the same kind of cliche stuff that you hear about it, that you read about in the blog. It can be something that is very specific to you and that really you can be conscious Mm -hmm. about conscious sense of awareness and presence in your life. The second one is that better care equals better connection. And I put this one in there because there's this misconception, I feel like it's a misconception with care that we focus, I see a lot of moms focusing on care and saying, well, this is so good for my kids. This is so good for my family. I'm a better mother when I take care of myself. That is true. Mm. And so I add mm-hmm. that better care is better connection because you do connect better with your children and your partner and your colleagues and your family and your barista and all these people. You connect better mm-hmm. with them. Completely. But I, but I always also want to make the, the point that your care is for you as well. And that's mm-hmm. where I go into the care builds your core because we don't want to stay with the idea of only it's good for other people. That That's kind of, I, it's, it, uh, it goes against the whole kind of premise of really what care is, which is it is for you. It's about your worth. You are worthy of taking care of yourself. Right, but you don't, exist. you're not alone in the world. You're not alone in the world. No, we don't alone operate in world. alone in the that's world. Right. That's right. right. That's kind of the runoff reaction is yes. the connection. Yes, exactly. Know? So that's why I say better care, better connection, because that's always the way that it works. Every single time, the better your care is, the better you're going to connect with other people, the more authentically you're going to connect with them, the better you're going to feel. So that's a huge benefit um, and a huge bonus for your little ones, by the way, because they're watching and they are learning what I consider to be the most essential life skill they can have and identifying who they are, what they need and how to take care of themselves, no matter what. Then we get into the one that we've already talked about, which is that the care builds your core And then we move into my final one, which is actually my favorite, my personal favorite, that chaos is the perfect place to practice. And Uh, I use this specifically in motherhood context because I work mostly with mothers of small children, although I have mothers who have older kids or, or I work with women who don't have children at all, but mostly with mothers of small children, particularly in those early years, like the postpartum through pre K stage, I say. And mm-hmm. I, you know, the one thing that I just hear is it's just chaos. It's just chaos all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can I possibly take care of myself? I was a two under two person. Right? Yeah. How can I possibly take care of myself? There's no time to do it. 
I have to wait until my children are, you mm-hmm. know, nine or 10, which is, you know, doesn't always make it easier when they're older, right? right, uh, right. The children in my family. It just changes. It, it just, just changes. changes right? <laughs> you know, my husband and I, you know, together, we have a blended family. We've got, you know, kind of five and a half. So we have uh, the oldest is 21. And then our youngest, when this new baby is born, will be, you know, so the oldest one will be 22 when the new baby is born. <laughs> it's a big span. It's a big span of time. <laughs> and you want to talk about chaos. Wow, you should see us under one roof. It is mm-hmm. yeah, everybody has different needs, different wants. And especially with small people, there's just a lot that they need. And what I really try mm-hmm. to impress upon women is that your chaos, whether it's in your motherhood, whether it's in your business, because entrepreneurship, next closest thing, I think, is that right, uh, is right, completely. I love the Barbara Corcoran quote of business and have raising children, the two hardest things you'll ever do. Things you'll ever do because they bring up all your stuff. All the stuff you thought you oh, oh I don't exactly they bring everything up. I mean, this is a whole episode yeah. I want to do. I figured that out in therapy ten years ago. No, you didn't, no, you didn't my friend. Yeah. So yeah. the chaos being the perfect place, and I say this: the real quick version is, you cannot actually learn how to be calm if things are calm all the time. It's quite impossible, really. If you have only been in warm weather, you don't know what cold is even like. <laughs> you know, right, right. again, we introduce this idea of contrast. The only time you can ever learn this vital skill of remaining calm, of having perspective, of really remaining stable and resilient in a tough situation is to be in a tough situation. And so the chaos mm-hmm. of life is a fabulous place, the perfect place to practice. How do I take care of myself in this moment? Because we don't have to wait for somebody to die, which is what's happening around for a lot of people right now. We don't have to wait for that moment in order to start building the skill set of getting through the hard moment. Sometimes the hard moment is this mm-hmm. child will not go to sleep at all. Mm-hmm. They will not eat what I prepared. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. know, yeah. The, the tantrum that I can't get under control because it lasts 45 minutes or nobody can ever find their socks. They seem like these tiny little things, but they are the thousand tiny cuts that can really send you over the edge. And if you can uh, completely and say, this, you know, this chaotic day has had a thousand tiny things go wrong with it, Every single one of those chances is a chance for you to practice. We're not going to get it right all the time, mm-hmm. right? Right. It doesn't always, right? It, it can be a little... It's like, messy, as you say. It can it's be always messy. Big, beautiful, <laughs> messy mom life. Nobody's 100% practice. But man, when you practice it, you get better and better and better and better. And you start to surprise yourself at how you can really let things roll off your back and how you can actually have perspective and be more positive. And it's not just a Pollyanna kind of, oh, nothing ever bothers me kind of thing where you're stuffing it down. Mm-hmm. You're not stuffing it down. You're actually learning how to metabolize that stress in the space of chaos and saying, oh, now I get it. The only time I can ever practice this is when I'm feeling this chaos. And that's when you start to build the muscle. Muscles, physical muscles don't get stronger unless you add more weight, right? We understand this concept. Right, right. You have to add more weight. And then you do get stronger. It's the same thing with your self-care. It's so good when you really take that in and think about it because our natural inclination is just to eliminate, eliminate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's just to eliminate, not deal. Eliminate. (laughs) Right, exactly. And that's through a number of different, you know, ways that we go. But it also, all of this always is happening as we as women are on our journey to listen to our core, live who we really are, honor all those feelings, because uh, that's all happening simultaneously. And that's the chaos isn't just 
what the family's doing. The chaos is like also an internal chaos. I feel like as a almost 50 year old woman, like my internal chaos is just me continually discovering who I am and what I want. You know, I'm still discovering that the other chaos comes from honoring that Mm -hmm. and seeing it as an adventure, which is, which can be tough. (laughs) And you know, when we're little, we do see it as adventure. When we're little, little people love chaos. It's exciting. Right. We are trained. In particular, women, we are trained that you need to be calm, that you need to be quiet, that you need to sit down, that that's not polite, that you need to wear the damn pearls. We are taught to be a certain way that doesn't really leave room Mm -hmm. for chaos, really. And chaos can be a beautiful or thing. Or you're bossy there. if you are. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. And she's not bossy. She's a CEO is what I say about my daughter. She's a CEO in training. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. We never say it about boys. So this is one of the things we're conditioned, we're trained as women to think of our chaos in a certain way. And what I'm saying is that is the birth of your creativity, that chaos. No great art or craft was ever born from like some simple linear, we're going to start from A and we're going to go to B. No, it's A and then B and it's C and then it's M. Like it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's just starting with that beginning part of the path and continuing down the process and seeing where do I end up and knowing that it's going to be like that meme, right? Which is not a linear line, but it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's a if you can actually go into that, if you can actually have enough self-awareness and, and take care of yourself enough to know, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not just in the wrong place. If you can change that mantra, man, your process is so much more interesting. It's so much more fun. It's so much more mm-hmm. rewarding. And that does build your core. That makes you stronger because the rest of the world mm-hmm. is out there saying you're doing it wrong. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm part of the, I'm part of the point <laughs> because I'm doing it right, in fact. And that's when the creative ideas come out. And that's when the productivity increases. Yeah. And that's when the output, like all the good stuff, that's when it snowballs to go to that analogy again on the right side of the hill, you know, and that's really what we want to feel because we can continue that energy if we just start with the momentum of it. And cultivate it and, and then support it continually figuring out, okay, I've had this burst and now how do I move it on down the line as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really that whole art coming out of strife, so to speak, or these hard times, that creativity coming out. I, truly believe that. And I believe we're also in for some sort of renaissance coming out of, you know, what we've been going through as a international community. You know, there's a renaissance to come out of this. And as business owners, it's something that I have been really encouraging people to do is go with these new ideas and dive into new platforms, dive into new technology, like explore all of that, because that is a, a new type of renaissance where you can use different pieces to get your message across. It doesn't mean that, you know, people have been talking about the pivot so much, but it's also about exploration and the creativity coming out in another way. Well, it's been also honoring sort of what I consider to be a forced rest cycle in a way. And most people will say, well, the global mm-hmm. pandemic, how is that making you rest? But and you may actually have more kind of day-to-day responsibility, less help, less outside help coming in. But when I say forced rest, I mean like it is forcing you to not do all the shit that was occupying your time before. And you start to really get clear and say, what did I actually need to do? Who did I, what did I actually like mm-hmm. fill my days? And what is the most important thing? As we've talked about this a number of times, things get really clear when you're backed into a corner. And so one of the greatest pieces, like the just the gold in this global pandemic, because there's always some kind of light in every situation 
And we don't always agree for it. I also think it's valuable to just say, oh, this sucks right now and, and get all feelings allowed is the mantra we use in our household. But there's gold there. And part of that real benefit in the gem is saying, what do I not need anymore? What do I not need to worry about anymore? What was I worrying about for other people? And start to mm-hmm. drop some of it down and really pare things down and become more of a, a little bit more of a minimalist, you know, in that approach. What do I, what is it that I actually need? And when you can do that, that's another great way to take care of yourself, you know, as well. Well, that's the long game thinking, but it, you know, that's exactly looking right. at <laughs> to wrap it all up in a nice little boat. That is long game thinking because you know, you're in it for the long haul. And so you're saying, what doesn't service me anymore? Take time, that whole reflection, that forced rest you talk about, that's, that's time for reflection. And then you take that energy and move forward. I actually think that is the perfect bow to wrap up our conversation what we've been talking about today. Everyone, you're going to have all access to Kelly in the show notes, ritualcare.com. And definitely, I'm going to link to her self-care quiz because it's super interesting to find out, you know, answer those questions and find out what your self-care personality is. And it's a, it's a way to just start your journey. Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. I love you, girl. I needed this. I needed, I needed it. Thank you. Well, it's, it's such a joy. It's such a pleasure. And there's no one I would have rather spent the last hour with. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. We'll see Bye. you next week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.